You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Just a Set Conversation. Jared Sandler here. Getting ready to bring you episode 70 with Kayvon Frazier, former Dallas Cowboy. Uh, Kayvon started his career with the Cowboys, now a part of the Miami Dolphins organization. Uh, Kayvon's a great story out of Central Michigan University. And uh, I had the chance to get to know Kayvon through some charity work in the DFW area. And man, you talk about someone with a, a really, really big heart. I uh, really enjoyed talking to Kayvon about the responsibility he feels like he has in using his platform for good. We also talk about uh, the underdog path. He wasn't a star recruit. Uh, he wasn't even rated as a recruit. He wasn't even a two-star recruit. Uh, but he's now carved out an NFL career of around five years of counting. I uh, really enjoyed getting a chance to chat with Kayvon. As always, would appreciate if you would subscribe to the channel we got all sorts of content we'd love for you to check out maybe you just want to click the thumbs up icon or hey you know what really helps is you know someone who you think would be interested in this this conversation take the link and send it to them i really really would appreciate that but here we go episode 70 of the justice set conversation with kayvon frazier all right kayvon one of the things i always like to to lead with and you can take it in whatever direction you'd like but when you think back to your childhood interests, hobbies, influences, experiences, whatever. What are the things that stand out most to you? Yeah, uh, so my childhood, um, you know, my biggest influence was my mom. Uh, I grew up as a single, or or I grew up in a single-parent household. My mom uh, raised me and my sister by herself. Uh, My dad left when I was about two years old. My mom also had multiple cirrhosis, so, you know, I've seen a lot. I've seen her, you know, struggling. I've seen her suffering. and she still, you know, she still found a way to put food on the table. She still found a way to drive us to every one of our games. Me and my sister, we both was a multiple sport athlete. Um, three to four sports, uh, basketball season, I played for three to four teams. Uh, my sister also played for two to three teams. And, um, you know, she would try to make every single one of our, one of our games. Uh, so, you know, she was definitely my inspiration. Um, I was a basketball. I was uh, – I was in love with basketball growing up. Uh, Kobe Bryant, he was my favorite player. He was actually the reason why, you know, I started playing basketball. He, he I honestly would say he's the reason why, you know, I fell in love with football too. Just, just the, the competitor, his competitive nature. Uh, he, he, he made me just to see him, what he do uh, on a day in, day out, night basis. And uh, he made me want to compete and want to, uh, you know, get better and be one of the best. So what pushed you to sports? I know it's a, it's an easy activity for a, a kid to get involved in, but you know, what, what led you and, and your sister to be so heavily involved in sports? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it was, well, mainly it was my mom. Uh, you know, she, since we lived in the inner part of Grand Rapids, the inner city part, uh, you know, we lived in a rough neighborhood. Um, you know, she knew that, uh, sports, you know, also putting us, it put us in Christian schools. And sports was was ways to you, you know to keep us safe and ways to uh, keep us out of trouble. Um, so you know she tried to put us in every single sport 
possible. I played soccer, baseball, basketball, um, you know, multiple sports, track, uh, all at a very, very young age, uh, just because she wanted us to, you know, to be able to choose our own path, but within sports, she, she, and she knew that was a way that, um, you know, that we would learn a lot about teamwork. We just would learn a lot about life and stay out of trouble. So, um, so yeah, I mean, my mom, she pushed me to sports. Um, and like I said, uh, Kobe Bryant was a big reason why I got really, really serious, uh, in the sports that I played. Um, just cause I seen how he went about his work. You know, I seen his mentality and, and he, I, I give him the blame for, you know, for me, you know, going all out and everything I do. So, Kayvon, I, I remember I was I was getting ready to broadcast uh, a basketball game uh, for the Texas Legends over there in Frisco the the day that we learned of the the Kobe Bryant news, and it was uh, it was surreal, and uh, you know, not obviously not in a good way, but you know, I was I was right in the middle of the basketball community, and actually. Uh, was talking to Del Harris, who's his first NBA coach, and it was it was you know again not positively, but it was incredible to to just see the range of emotions for people who had never even met the guy, and and you know the way he inspired people like yourself, and you know I think there's some great athletes, but only a few of them maybe have that sort of a hold on people. Uh, what? what do you remember about that day and, and the emotions you felt and, and how you found out and all that stuff? Yeah. Uh, you know, that's a day that, you know, that I'm gonna remember for the rest of my life. Uh, you know, I don't want to compare it to nine 11, but you know, nine and 11, everybody remember where they was at when it happened. You know, I was super young when that happened and I remember exactly where I was at. I was at school. Um, you know, we was in the classroom and we was watching it after, you know, after all that happened, they turned on the TV and all that. Uh, but, you know, same with the Kobe thing, uh, you know, not trying to compare it to that, but same with it. Um, you know, I was taking a nap, um, and as soon as I woke up, my phone was blowing up because all my friends back home, my mom, everybody that I know is back home knows that Kobe, like, he was my inspiration. He was He was the one that inspired me to, you know, to you know, that's, that's that's all I talked about. Whenever somebody brought up uh, basketball or or who's the best, you know, I would always say Kobe. So everybody knew that. So I just I woke up from my nap, seeing all my phone blowing up. I was like, Hey, what's going on? And then my agent texted me. Uh, he he got us like in a group chat with you know all his other players. Um, and every time something happens, he shoot messages to him. And my agent texted me. And he texted me it, and it was like a link saying, like, Kobe Bryant died in a helicopter crash. And I didn't know if it was real at first or not, you know, because you hear so many things every other day. Who knows if it's real on social media? But and then, you know, I just went on Twitter and tried to see as much as I can, and I just seen everybody talking about it. And then when I seen, like, some of these top reporters or, or top, um, you know, uh websites or whatever talk they talk about it like cnn then i knew okay yeah this is this is a real thing and you know i it was just mixed feelings at that well not mixed feelings at all but i was i was you know i was heartbroken i i, I thought he was you know the invincible you know nothing could kill him you know like 
because that's how he played on the court. Like nothing could stop him. So you know, I thought I thought he was going to be alive for a super long time. Um, and sure enough, it was true. Kayvon, I, I, you know, being a part of the Cowboys, I guess you get the chance perhaps to meet a lot of people. So shot in the dark. But do you ever get a chance to meet him or interact with him in any way? No, I didn't, man. I was, you know, I I, I wanted to go to, you know, one of his last games. I remember I was training for the for the uh, combine and stuff, and me and my, who's my wife now, but she was my girl back then. Um, we were gonna, you know, make a a, a flight to Houston to uh, to check out one of his last games, and we we never end up going. But um, but no, I that's one guy that I wish, you know, I wish I was able to meet, but. Unfortunately, I, I I wasn't able to. All right, so you mentioned growing up in Grand Rapids, and, and I actually spent, I don't know if we ever talked about this, but I spent a little over two years uh, before I was able to move back home to Dallas in Michigan and uh, actually did some stuff at, at Central Michigan, got to broadcast some, some Central Michigan athletics. Unfortunately, it was before your time, so I didn't overlap with you, but what, uh, what was that experience like, uh, you know, high school in Michigan and, and, and the recruiting process and uh, what ultimately pushed you to, to Central Michigan? Yeah, man, high, uh, the recruiting process in Michigan is, uh, you, you know, it's a lot better now. Um, when when I was coming out, years, so many years went by that we didn't have any D, D1 athletes. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, I think it was, Early and early 2000s, probably maybe like 2004, when we had you know a couple Division ones. Um, I don't know if you guys know Ruben Riley, Turnanande, um, his name for the Jets. Is it? It's a guy that. Dang, what is his name? I don't know how. How I from, I'm blanking right now, but. Um, but yeah, I mean that 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 was like the last time that I remember us having so many D1 athletes. Um, but then my year, um, well, leading up to my year, I mean, I didn't have any offers. Junior year is when I got, you know, one offer, and that was Central Michigan. And I just, uh, you know, that was after my junior year. So going into my senior year in that summer, um, you know, and I just committed. I just committed uh, right – well, not right then and there, but um, a couple weeks later we went – well, we we went to the camp, to the Central Michigan camp. Um, when I was playing, I was playing running back, slot receiver, um, on the defensive side. You know, my senior year, I was mainly playing linebacker because um, our team needed me to play linebacker. Uh, you know, we didn't, we barely had any. And, you know, in Michigan football, they run the ball a lot. So, you know, I was playing linebacker, but for that 7-on-7, I was playing more of a safety. And I remember I caught, a, you know, a bunch of touchdowns at receiver and then, you know, what I had probably about in the whole seven or seven, I probably had like nine or 11, nine to nine to 10 picks uh, in like the five games or whatever. So, you know, leaving, they called me uh, and they actually offered me on the phone. Um, so I, you know, I was, I was really hyped about that because that was my only D one offer. And then I went to Michigan state camp. Uh, you know, they, they said that they might offer me there, but when I got there, they put me on a different field with, uh, with, you know, all the, you know, the leftovers, basically. Like, they had a lot of guys from Florida and, you know, all the five stars and four stars on one field, and then they put everybody else on a whole other field where no coach is watching besides the Central Michigan coach was only there watching me. 
So, you know, after that, right after that, I was like, okay, I'm going to Central. Um, played my senior year out where I committed. And then I played, my, um, you know, still hoping to get that Michigan State offer or Michigan offer. I really, I really wanted to go to State. Uh, they never offered me. So I ended up going to uh, Central Michigan. You know, it was the best decision of my life. So Mark D'Antonio was the coach at Michigan State then. Was Dan Enos still at Central Michigan, or, or was that? Yep. Okay. Yep, yep, yep. It was Dan Enos. Um, you know, I still remember uh, the Michigan State coach who was recruiting me. I remember his full name. You know, I'm not going to call him out or whatever. Coming to my school, uh, you know, talking all that good stuff, and then they just never offered me. I think it was between me and some other safety that was from Pittsburgh, and they ended up picking him. So, um yeah, I mean, it was unfortunate at the time. I was, I really wanted to go there, but thank you, Michigan State, for not offering me because you know it worked out pretty well. <laughs> uh, so I'm curious. You know, obviously, some guys in high school there, they're five star recruits, and they've got a million letters from every school under the sun. And I'm right. sure at that point they're thinking, yeah, like I'm going to go to college and then dominate the NFL. And then there are guys like you who who maybe didn't have a million letters and. Yeah. I'm curious, when you went to Central Michigan, were you thinking, like, hey, I'm I'm an NFL football player? Were you not mm-hmm. sure? Like, when did you realize or when did you really have the belief, like, I'm an NFL football player? Yeah, so, you know, I was actually – I didn't even have any stars. Like, if you look me up, you know, from college, I it said NR behind my name, like non-rated or not rated. You know, I didn't have any stars. Um, and going in, we had guys, you know – Obviously, Central Michigan don't get a lot of four stars or five stars, but you know we had we had a guy that was a three star who um, we had a guy that was a three star who was actually a safety too um, that they was really really hype about. We had a you know a couple of three stars actually, and then mainly everybody else was two stars. But you know that's one thing that they talked about that the players would talk about within each other, you know, the high school career and all that. But I never really participated in that because I wanted to. I was trying to make my name in college and, you know, and further along. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I I always, like, that was always the end goal. I never really went in, like, like going into college, I, I was really, really humble. I, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. I didn't know what was going to happen. I, I just wanted to go in and, you know, and do what I can to play. You know, I always wanted, knew that I, always knew that I could play, but, you know, I just wanted to, to go on with an open mind that, hey, I might not play the first year. If I do, okay, let's go out and ball out. Uh, if if I don't do what I can to, to make an impact. Um, and, and I mean, it, 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 it ended up working out. I ended up being, like, one of the only, you know, in my class, I was, like, it was two of us that didn't red shirt, and I was one of the two. Um, you know, I think when I first got there, we had to do, like, a bunch of testing and stuff. And right off bat, like I jumped, like I think a 39 inch vertical, and then I think that's when, but that was when, you know, they was like, okay, he's super athletic. Let's move him, you know, to the too deep. And I was the only uh, freshman, true freshman, you know, and and at least in the, the too deep at the time. So you know, at that point, I knew I was gonna play. Uh, it wasn't until like my sophomore year when I knew I really, really had a shot to make it to the NFL. Um, but even at that point, I mean, my career was so up and down at Central Michigan. Started freshman year, sophomore year. Didn't start. I think I might have started one game my junior year. Um, 
and then I started on my senior year, and that's how, you know, I'm here now. All right, so, and you get drafted by the Cowboys in the sixth round, right? Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, what were your expectations going into that draft? Was it, you know, I could possibly be undrafted or... Uh, you know, maybe a late round guy. Did you think maybe you, you could have been drafted higher? What What were some of the expectations that had been set in yeah. front of you? Uh, you know, I I was expecting, I was definitely expecting to get drafted. Um, you know, as the draft went on, uh, you know, the, the fourth round went by, the fifth round went by. You know, it was getting late in the sixth round. I, then that's when I was like, dang, I might go undrafted. Like, what's that? it was going on? But uh, going into the draft, I was definitely expecting. Uh, I was expecting the, you know, between the fourth and fifth round. That's what I was expecting. That's what I was told. That's what, you know, multiple, multiple coaches told me that that where they had me on their board, um, you know. But I fell to the sixth, and you know, a lot of six rounders don't make it five years or going into five years in the league. So, you know, just off that, I I think I definitely beat the odds a little bit. So did you, and I know like for a lot of people, the thought is, wow, the Cowboys, like what an amazing experience. This is America's team, but you know, and I don't know what, what your thoughts were on that, but I do know that, you know, I hear from a lot of players who maybe were six or seventh round picks and, and they aren't like you, you're right. Like, you know, you beat the odds. This is the fact that your NFL career is still going is, uh, you know, means you're the exception, not the rule, but a lot of maybe you know, those guys would prefer to go undrafted so they'd have the ability to choose where they went as opposed to, you know, getting funneled to a certain situation when, you know, it's it's that late in the draft. Were you were you excited to go to Dallas or were you kind of at, at that point where you're like, okay, maybe maybe I'll go undrafted and I can pick the best spot for me? Like, what was the mindset there? No, I was definitely excited to go to, to Dallas. I, I mean, yeah, everybody says it might be better to go undrafted, but come on now, every, every – college kid want to hear their name called you know and, and, and any kid would rather hear their name called I don't care if it's the last pick of the seventh round like you still got your name called and you know I couldn't imagine the feeling of going through the whole draft uh without my card um you know I just couldn't imagine that feeling because you know something you work your whole life towards and you know for somebody to basically tell you you're not good enough uh out of the 256 I think that's what it is people being drafted like you that's basically what they're saying so um but no I was definitely excited to come to Dallas I, I really um growing up like I said I was a basketball fan so I didn't really know too much about you know I barely watched the NFL games I know that sounds crazy but now I watch them a lot you know but even in college I mean I like, like Kobe was still playing I'm I'm a basket I'm watching Kobe so uh uh yeah, so with that being said, I really didn't even know what I was getting myself into. Like, I knew it was America's team, um, but I just really didn't know too much about the NFL. Um, so, you know, I, I really didn't care where I went, but, I, I mean, I did, like, if if people, multiple people asked me if I had to pick a place, uh, if they asked me this when I was coming out, and I either said Dallas or the Lions. Uh, just because I'm from Michigan, and you know I wouldn't mind playing for my hometown team uh, or Dallas. And sure enough, I got drafted by Dallas. All right, so you know you mentioned not necessarily being a huge football fan, and I'm curious because obviously there's a ton of history with the Cowboys, and they have 
you know, all these legends who seem to be, you know, still involved in the franchise or they come around and whatnot. And I don't know if you know who uh, Michael Young is, but, you know, Michael Young played for the Rangers and was one of the best baseball players in franchise history. And there was a, uh, there's a pitcher on the Rangers named Brock Burke, and he happened to start the game that the Rangers uh, inducted Michael Young into their their Hall of Fame. And after the game, someone asked him about it, and he's like, I, I didn't even know who Michael Young was. And it was kind of like, are you, you know, really? I'm curious, did you have any of that with, with any Cowboys people, any of the, the quote-unquote Cowboys legends who everyone, you know, knows everything about, but you're like, who is this guy? Was there anyone like that for you? A bunch of times, man. My mother, my <laughs> My father-in-law, he's he's a huge football, football fan. So, you know, when I got drafted to the Cowboys and, you know, when I got signed by the Dolphins, first thing he do is text me all these trivia questions about, you know, players, you know, in the 80s or 90s or whatever. And I never answer one of them right just because, like I said, I mean, I just didn't grow up watching the NFL a lot. Um, but, I mean, as time went on, when I – played for the Cowboys over four years, you know, I obviously got to know a lot of, you know, of what I call the old heads or, or the, you know, the older generation players. Um, but, you know, it was a lot of times that, you know, that before, uh, you know, I really knew who he was, that Charles Haley came to the practice and I didn't even really even know who that was, you know, but, you know, now obviously everybody knows Charles Haley when he walk in the room. He he's <laughs> he might be the loudest person in the room. Funny <laughs> uh but yeah, man, it was countless numbers of times that, that happened to me. What uh okay, so you you're drafted by the Cowboys and it seemed like, you know, throughout your Cowboys tenure you're you're constantly having to, to earn your keep. You know, you're you're busting your tail yeah. on special teams and and doing whatever you can to to be a part of this package or that package yeah. defensively, uh, what was that like? Because I know obviously the goal yeah. is is to be in a, a situation not where you're comfortable and, and you take your foot yeah. off the pedal from a work ethic standpoint, right. but you know that going into training camp, like, hey, I, I've got a spot. I just let's get the work in, let's get the body ready. Right. But you know, you're constantly having to prove yourself, and I'm sure there's a benefit to that as well. But but what what was that experience like for you? Yeah, I mean. No, I'm gonna be real. I'm gonna just, I'm just, I'm just be 100 real. Like, yeah, I mean, that's that's exhausting. It's a, it's exhausting having to do that every single year, you know. And you know, I thought some years, you know, I earned, uh, you know, I earned more playing time, or I earned, uh, you know, just different opportunities that I never got. But you know, obviously, you know, it it, it didn't end up like that. But um, you know, I mean, but I think everything happened for a reason, and I think. You know, you know. I think just, just me giving. Like I never got gave anything. So, so if I would have been given something, or, or went went into training camp already knowing that you know I'm on the team, it wouldn't it wouldn't have fit my story. Like, you know, like I said, in high school I only had one offer. College, you know, didn't even start my junior year. Um, had to rely on my senior year just to get drafted to the NFL. Got drafted in the sixth round. Uh, you know, it, it wouldn't have fit my story. Um, so I'm I'm glad it worked out like that. You know, I'm glad I had to, you know, fight and earn everything that I got. And, you know, I'm going to I'm continue to do that. Um, you know, just hopefully, you know, it, it, it's a different type of – it's different type of opportunities here with the Miami Dolphins. 
And I, and I want to get into the Dolphins here in a second. But first, uh, 2018, you have a, a blood scare. And, you know, I know it's one thing when you're, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to make a play and you pull a muscle or you, you, you know, right. God forbid you break a bone or, or whatever. But, you know, a blood scare, that's, that, that's real. That's, that's different. What, what was Man, that it's like? So, it's so funny because now teams continue. Like when I was going through the free agency process, teams was continue asking my agent about that. And that's, it's so funny because obviously, like, people really didn't understand what was going on. Like, or people really didn't, you know, it, 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 it wasn't even, like, a scare. It was, like, it was like a random, well, I mean, honestly, I think it, uh, they said I had to eat more greens. That's, that's what it came down to at the end. Um, I guess my blood wasn't, it wasn't like a, like, I didn't have any blood clots or nothing. It was, like, my blood wasn't clotting enough, so they was just it was like a precaution thing. Um, but it wasn't even like a a crazy amount like that. It wasn't not clotting. It was like slightly uh, above average or something like that. I I don't know. It it, it was very very slight. So I mean, it, it's just it's funny that everybody still asks me that, but it wasn't even like a, like in my eyes, it wasn't even like a scare. I knew I knew God wasn't. You know, he wasn't like I knew that wasn't uh, God's plan, and I knew, I knew, I knew at the same time I knew it wasn't serious. Um, even the doctors were telling me, "Hey, this isn't serious," but the media blew it up. So obviously, you know, the team blew it up. Um, <laughs> you know, and then now other teams blowing it up. Like, man, my and my agent told me at the combine, a team that I'm not even going to say their name because it really don't matter. They um they didn't even ask about my shoulder or my pec. They asked about the blood, and that's all they asked. And I was like, what? Like, that was – well, first of all, that was two years ago. And, and second of all, it wasn't even, like, a scare. It was something that – it was a, a, a precaution thing that I don't even know why I was being held out. So, I mean, you know, stuff happens for a reason. I guess, you know, I guess that – I guess God didn't want me to practice at that point but you know I, it wasn't it wasn't a big deal and that everyone made it well i blame the media too i'm media but i blame i blame the other media on that yeah. one i'm not talking about you but <laughs> no i know i know yeah all right so 2019 you this is you know going to be a big year uh you know you have a, a, the potential of being a free agent at the end of the year uh and you know i'm sure that you know like a lot of people you want to you know, want to put your best foot forward and, and hopefully you can stay where you've already laid your roots and, and we're going to get into, you know, to the impact you've made here in DFW, but you end up uh, suffering a season ending injury. So what, Yeah. I mean, what are you thinking at that point uh, when that happens and, and you know that, well, my season's over and, and my time with the Cowboys might be over? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it was definitely rough at first because that off season, I kind of switched up my training. I switched up well, my defensive back trainer. So I was really, I mean, at the time I was moving the best that I ever moved, you know, as far as a defensive back, you know, I really felt like, you know, if the team needed me to go out there and play corner. I could do it just because I was, you know, just, a, just for a movement stand, standpoint, I felt real, real smooth. I felt like I was getting in, in, in and out my breaks really, really well. And, it was just unfortunate that, that teams really didn't get to see that uh, too much. I mean, in training camp, yeah, I was making a lot of plays that, you know, 
media, media was there. They they put out what they want to put out. But you know, I was making a lot of plays. Didn't it, it didn't really have any balls caught on me. Um, so I knew it was going to be, you know, at that point I knew it was going to be a really really good year, and I was real confident going into it. Um, you know, unfortunately, you know, uh, you know, God allowed that challenge uh, in front of me that, you know, I had to, you know, I had to, um, you know, I had to embrace and And that's exactly what I did. I mean, I, I, you know, it was definitely heartbreaking that, you know, I had a season ending injury, but, you know, at the same time, you know, I learned a lot about myself. I got to spend a lot of time with, uh, with my wife and my daughter, um, and the time of need that she needed me that I really don't want to touch on, but, you know, she didn't, she needed me like a lot at the time. Um, so I got to, you know, really be there for her during, uh, during the struggles that, or not the struggles, but, but, uh, challenge, the challenges that we was going through, um, not as a marriage, but, um, but yeah, I mean, me and my wife went through some crazy stuff with, uh, a baby that we was expected to have. So, um, so, I mean, I really believe everything happens for a reason. And, you know, I think that was, I think that was the reason. So I can be there for my wife during all that stuff. Um, and be there for my daughter while my wife is going to all these doctor's appointments and stuff like that. So, you know, it worked out, uh, you know, I truly don't know if I'll be in the situation now with, with the Miami Dolphins that, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful to be on that team. I don't know if I would have, if I would be in this position, if, if, um, you know, if I would have played the whole year. So who knows? So, I mean, I, I wouldn't take anything back. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I went through that injury. I know it was hard. It was, it was hard on me. I mean, injuries is hard. I mean, you see Andrew Luck, you know, it's, it's a mental, it's, 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 it's such, it's mentally draining just, just trying to recover from an injury. You got to wake up every day and work and work and work and work. And you might get progress. You might get a setback. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't take it back for nothing. All right. So this off season, you get an opportunity with the Miami Dolphins. You, your first uh, chance to, uh, I guess, be a free agent and and, and explore that that side of the business. Uh, you know, I guess first of all, what was that experience like? Was was there a hope? Yeah that maybe you'd, you'd come back to Dallas or was it pretty clear that, you know, they, they wanted to go in a different direction and, and you were going to have to go in a different direction as well? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if it was uh, so. No, I mean, I kind of like, I think my agent told me from the beginning uh, after I signed him because I switched agents uh, actually right before I got hurt. And, um, you know, right during right when free agency started, you know, I asked him, I was like, Hey, you know, what's up with the Cowboys? And, you know, he just told me straight up. And, you know, I think it was more so, uh, I mean, I think it was more so a mutual thing. Like I needed something new. I think, you know, they, they felt like the same, the same thing probably. So, you know, I hope it works out for them. Uh, but, uh, yeah. So I kind of, I kind I kind of knew, really it really from the start that um that I was going to be somewhere else and you know I was I was excited for the new chapter I mean I'm I am excited for the new chapter um and honestly I mean free agency it was a little bit more stressful than than we thought uh you know going into the combine you know we had multiple teams that was 
hitting him up that was, you know, he had meetings with that, you know, we was, that, that they was making a lot of progress. And then when the, like that, I, I actually thought I was going somewhere else. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was going to the Colts. Um, so, you know, they was making a lot of progress talking. And then when the, when the COVID hit, um, the COVID hit like right before free agency, it was like probably like a week or two, right, right before. And, you know, they was even talking about pushing back free agency, but they had it on the same, um, the same, you know, day. So, so when the COVID hit, obviously we can't fly out. We can't do physicals. We can't do this. So, I mean, we didn't hear from anybody for, I mean, he heard from a couple teams, the Patriots, um, and then uh, really that's, that's about it, um, for like the first month. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I just left it in God's hand. I, in God's hands, obviously, I mean, you know, I know I'm not supposed to worry, but you know, a month go by and you still haven't been signed, you know, anybody's going to be worried. Um, still didn't really talk to the Cowboys. So, I mean, I knew that was, uh, long gone. So, you know, I was just waiting on the next opportunity and, and, you know, just, just being blessed by God. He put it right in front of me with the Dolphins, uh, the day, the day after the draft or a couple of days after the draft. And, or it might've been the day after the draft actually. And that's when it worked out, you know, it, it, and, and an hour later, you know, we made it happen. So, you know, I think one of the, the really cool things about you, Kayvon, is the work you've done outside of football. And that's how we met. Uh, you know, we both, uh, have a, a a set of mutual friends who are you know very involved uh, you know in in our charitable work here in DFW uh, and you know I, I you know you just you you're so willing to be a part of things and you had Frazier Fridays which you know I, yeah. I I'm going to ask you to explain in a second but before we get to that specifically uh, you know you have guys who they sign big deals you know multi-million dollar deals and, and you see them getting involved and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that, but uh, players who are in your position sometimes are a little more hesitant because you know, you're not, you don't have that security. And we talked about that, yeah. but it seemed like pretty shortly after you got here, that was important to you. So why, yeah. where does that come from? And, and, and what was the inspiration to really dive in head first into the community? Yeah. I mean, man, that, 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 that always been very, very important to me, you know, I wasn't doing it for any of the accolades, which, you know, didn't even come, but, um, you, you know, the whole time I was with the Cowboys that, you know, that, you know, the accolades from that, it didn't come, but I would still continue to do it just because that was where my heart was at. And that, and that, um, you know, how I was raised and how I was brought up, um, you know, how blessed I was to, to meet, even though my dad wasn't there, but how blessed I was to have other father figures in my life. Um, you know, it, it really inspired me to, to give back and to, to do what I do in the community. And, you know, I think that's a big reason why I do, uh, so much and why right when I got into the league, you know, I was, I was itching to get out there and to, you know, to actually be in the community and not just write a check or not just, um, seeing my the people that, that work for me for, or for my foundation to go do it. Like I wanted to be physically in there because, you know, I think that's the most valuable thing you can provide is your time and, you know, your effort to actually make a change and, 
you know, that's why I was so inspired to to get out there and to do stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, as a young guy, six round draft pick, you know, you don't even know if you're going to make the team. Um, you know, a lot of people don't like, they have to focus on football and, but I tell myself and what I want to tell everybody that, you know, it's bigger than football. You know, the, like the world needs positive influencers, um, who has, you know, a large platform that can, um, you know, spread messages that they believe in or spread, um, you know, awareness to different causes or, you know, just, just lead kids in the right direction, lead the next generation in the right direction. And that's why I do it. All right. So I mentioned Frazier Fridays, uh, unfortunately. Oh, oh sorry. No, 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 no. I, I didn't know. I, I was, I wanted to follow up on that. You, okay. you were perfect there. Uh, what, what will, I, I guess, it, you know, Frazier Fridays, uh, won't happen in DFW, but, uh, first of all, for people who don't know what were Frazier Fridays or what are Frazier yeah. Fridays and, and are you going to be bringing that to Miami now? Yeah. So I'm going to continue to, um, to try to do it somewhere. Uh, you know, I have to talk to my people and see what we want to do about that. Um, who knows if hopefully schools be open, um, so we can do something like that either in Miami or. Or in the DFW, I know we're still going to be doing stuff in the DFW area. Um, we just, we just have to sit down and plan it all out, you know, with all this COVID stuff. And since I know, you know, where I'm at now and stuff like that. But yeah, Frazier Fridays was, you know, uh, a program that we put on every single Friday of the season. It was literally every single Friday, and um, you know, where I bring in a different middle school, you know, in the Frisco ISD area. Um, and I give them a tour around the star, and then um, and then I kind of talk to them about my upbringing and how I was and how I was brought up, and also you know, uh, you know, give them some words of, of advice uh, of how to make it through middle school, high school, and to to get to where I'm at because you know that's the goal of a lot of these kids is they want to you know get to where I'm at, but they don't have the guidance, or maybe they have the wrong guidance telling them, hey, just focus on football. But really, you know, edu- if you have football with no education, you're not going to get to where I'm at. So, you know, that's one that's one thing that I try to um, – that I really, really try to express in these kids. And and, um, and that's one way I try to inspire them is by teaching academics how important it is. Um, as Yeah. And as well as, like, listen to your parents and, you know, and just staying out of trouble. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, we have yet to figure out what what we're going to do. I know we're still going to continue Frazier Friday. I don't know if it's going to be in Miami. I don't know if it's going to be in Dallas still. I don't want it. I, I doubt it will be in Dallas because I won't be here and I want to be there. Um, but, you know, we still have a lot of stuff going on in Dallas. We have uh, Frazier Pierce Closet at um, – at South Oak Cliff High School down in, down in Dallas that was supposed to uh, have a grand opening this, like this past February. But since the COVID hit uh, around that time, or it was supposed to be February, March, and then a, and then a COVID hit, so we had to push that back. So, you know, it, it just gave us a lot more time to, you know, plan it and make it right, though. So, um, but that will be opening up whenever the school opens up. Uh, uh, at South Oak Cliff High School, too.
Well, there you go. Episode 70 of the Justice Set Conversation with Kayvon Frazier. Really hope uh, you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Thanks, as always, to Zach Rowe for producing. Thanks to all of you for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe, be healthy. We'll talk to you later.